The Mad Splainers is brought to you by the Cap Times Idea Fest. Two days of lively discussion on September 28th and 29th on the University of Wisconsin Madison campus. You can find tickets at captimesideafest.com. So picture this, you are bustling around downtown Madison. Maybe you're at the farmer's market getting your favorite cheese bread or donut or whatever the case may be. Or maybe you're like me and you're a reporter, so you have to cover some city committee meeting in the city council building. Whatever it is, when you're downtown, have you ever stopped to consider just how close you are to Lake Monona? It really is just a hop, skip, and a jump away, but the problem is you gotta jump over John Nolan Drive. Yes, you may recall, it's quite busy and has a sometimes dangerous intersection with South Blair, Willie Street, East Wilson Street. It's known as the hairball intersection, so it's not great. But once you get past that, there's the beautiful Monona Terrace, and just to the east of that is the unassuming little law park that sits on the shoreline. Wouldn't it be nice if all of those things were connected together? If the city was connected to the water and the public park? Why isn't it? That's what we'll be discussing today on The Madsplainers. I'm Lisa Speckard-Pask. I'm the Metro Reporter for the Cap Times. Hi, I'm Abby Becker, and I am the City and County Government Reporter for the Capital Times. Hey, I'm Eric Lawrenson. I'm a tech and culture writer for the Cap Times. And this is The Madsplainers. Welcome to Madsplainers, the show that explains local government and city affairs. Today, we are zeroing in on a problem, and this problem is downtown Madison is so close it's so far away from the Lake Monona waterfront. What is in the way, you ask? John Nolan Drive. That is what is in the way. Uh, Describing this problem, uh, Eric Knepp, our city park superintendent, he said this, that disconnection is real and palpable. You can be at City Hall and feel like you're quite a ways away from the lake and you're not. It's been a challenge for a hundred years. But this 100 years is coming to an end because the city is undertaking a master planning process to redesign Law Park, which is right on that shore, um, which could potentially change this sense of disconnection. Eric Knapp, I just need to add this, said it's been flummoxing generations of Madisonians. (laughs) So today we're going to work through what has exactly been flummoxing us and look at potential um, ways to solve this problem. So there's a couple things going on here, though. They're rethinking, the city of Madison is rethinking a law park, which is right along that Lake Monona shoreline, um, east of the Monona Terrace. And it's by that Machinery Row area. So uh, the bike shop is in there, Sardine is in there. I feel like a lot of people may not realize that that's an actual city park. It's not just a random patch of grass in front of of the lake. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, the city is moving forward with a plan to deal with that intersection right there, which is called the hairball intersection. The hairball. It is a hairball. It is a hairball. What is it's it's John Nolan, Blair Street, Blair, Willie Street, yes. and Wilson Street. And it's just yeah. a mess. Um, and at the same time as these city processes, there's this group of private individuals that have created this very lofty vision for the waterfront, um, which actually is harking back to John Nolan's 1909 master plan for the city. And um, if that would be implemented, it would create this 
huge overhaul of the area and really connect the downtown to Lake Monona. So how do all these things work together? Well, we're going to find out. Yeah, well, let's start with what's what's going on with Law Park. Yeah, I can help you out with that one, Eric. So, um, yeah, as as Lisa and I were, were kind of saying before, Law Park, um, I, I mean, I personally feel like if you don't know that it's a park, then you just think it's a patch of grass, you know, down down by the water. Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of nondescript. You know, it could be it could be great. It could be a fun place to to be. But but right now it's just kind of like, oh yeah, that's uh, it's right by the bike path, and then there's John Nolan Drive, and then there's then there's the railroad. So so really, this this small park is overshadowed by the four lanes of traffic and then the railroad corridor. So it's just I mean, kind of yeah. hidden away. It's definitely underutilized. Um, you know overshadowed by all the other modes of transportation that are whizzing by. I've always thought of it as just like a nice little strip of grass to accompany <laughs> me as I, you know, bike my bike down the bike path yep. over there. It's for the ducks to hang out. Well, yeah. You know. So um, so Madison's 2018 capital budget um, includes $500,000. So that's over this year. Um, and then also in 2019 for a master planning process for the park, um, which would include an evaluation of site constraints and, and the feasibility of expanding the park to accommodate uh, possibly the addition of um, a Frank Lloyd Wright design boathouse. So so that funding is there to, to study the park and to study the future possibilities of what could be there. And it seems that there's some other people who also have some ideas for what should be happening in this park. Independently, there's just this group of designers that have come up with this other vision for Law Park. And I think there's been some confusion. People are confused about whether or not this is a city uh, design. It is not. It is a group of like uh, local architects and designers, and they have named it the Nolan Waterfront Vision, and it's pretty massive. Um, like I said before, it's based on Joe Nolan's 1909 master plan for the city. So it would connect the downtown to the lake, and how it would do that would be by building a raised deck or like literally a land bridge over John Nolan Drive. So it's like you have your John Nolan Drive, over it you have a park that connects yeah. the downtown to the lake. Can you visualize what I'm saying? It here? looks <laughs> to me, it kind of looks like a an upside down saucer. Like kind of if you put a upside down <laughs> saucer over John Nolan Drive, covered it with grass, cut out a little sort of channel for cars to drive under. Uh, it's like that and then it's a little bit it's like an elongated saucer. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's fair. For me, it's hard to envision that vision when I can only see what is currently there. You know, right. it's like hard mm. to be like, wow, this could have the potential for this amazing thing. And right. this is probably why I'm not a designer because I just literally can't <laughs> picture it in my head. I mean, it's a pretty massive design because not only does it do that, but it also would um, address that that same hairball intersection that we were discussing before, I think by rerouting some of those. I don't really know how that one will work out. Um, and then it would also include a boathouse, that same um, design that Frank Lloyd Wright designed uh, in 1893, turns out, and that would be like the visitor center. So it's a pretty massive plan. Um, but like we said, yeah, it's not actually city um, created. It's by the Madison Design Professionals Work Group, which they're just doing that on their own time. And it would take millions and millions of dollars to become a reality. Um, however, they did just, well, just being a couple months ago, got almost $30,000 from the Madison Community Foundation to do a feasibility study for the project, which the last we heard they had completed, but had not yet publicly released. And we're pretty sure that's where it still stands today. 
I think it does raise the question, I mean, could that become part of the city's vision? Could that become part of the city's project? Yeah, I we actually asked um, Eric Knapp, again, he's the head of the Parks Department, that this, like, you know, would will you be looking at this plan when you're considering how you're going to redo Law Park, et cetera? Um, and he said that... Um, Private ideas like that will, quote, add value to the community conversations, end quote. Um, And it will also, quote, be given an opportunity to shine in the public input component. And so they're not ignoring it, but they also have their own city public process to go through. They can't just say, oh, yeah, we like this, done. You know, they have to still be going through their own city processes. Um, So I think it's kind of like more of an interesting idea for them to consider than like, this is option A of our three options or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, as we've pointed out on the show before, especially in Madison, public input is so important and the city isn't going to just overlook that and say, oh, well, this seems pretty cool. Let's just do it. So, um, you know, the public always gets a chance to Well, because you in. asked the mayor about this, right? I did. asked him, like, how feasible is this? Could we I do did. this? <laughs> yeah, we had a nice chat. Uh, called him up and asked him. Um, you know, and he... You know, he really just said that this would be so far out in the future um, that the city, you know, really isn't spending too much time thinking about it now, especially given other priorities that that the city has. Um, You know, so he told me specifically that uh, given the present leadership here in the state and in the White House, given the backlog of other road projects in the state, I would say even if Madison were to urgently push for it, we'd be talking construction in no sooner than 15 to 20 years. So he was also getting at the fact that um, this project is challenging because, um, you know, it, it involves... You know, it involves other jurisdictions. I mean, with with the railroad um, and with um, with the state highway that that does run through there. The Mad Splainers is sponsored by the Cap Times Idea Fest, an event with an exciting lineup of guests, including David Axelrod. The fest takes place in Madison on September 28th and 29th. You can find tickets at captimesideafest.com. So we've kind of been talking about uh, two things here. We've been talking about Law Park, and then we've been talking about this hairball intersection. What is the city doing when it comes to the intersection? right now. Sure. Well, let me tell you about the hairball. <laughs> I know about She's this hairball. She's got some passion. She's got I some have passion. driven through this hairball. I have stood in the hairball waiting for trains to pass through the hairball. Mm. I am sick and tired of the hairball. And so are many people <laughs> in this community. Um, so let me uh, just get out my anger and then I can tell, oh, you, no, I'm I can with tell you. you what happened. I'm with you. You like, live right over by the hairball. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and not just for drivers, for bikers. It's really awkward to try and like get onto King Street from like Williamson Street. Do you kind of like, hang out on that? They call it like the little pork chop island. Yeah, the little pork chop island. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, wait, wait, many. Wait, why is it called pork chop? <laughs> it kind of looks like the shape of a of a pork chop. Yeah, it's a little pedestrian island, I guess. Yeah, pedestrian island is another term, but I prefer (laughs) pork chop. Um, yeah, so so basically what is going on is that the city hired a consultant to study this intersection. And again, the hairball intersection is where John Nolan Drive and South Blair and East Wilson Street and Williamson Willie Street meet, meet up. Um, and so, I mean, at this crossing, there's like just a lot happening there. I mean, there's driveways to businesses and to Machinery Row, bike paths, uh, bike lanes, um, you got the railroad tracks, of course. And you have this like improvised left turn lane that people use yeah, coming off of John Nolan where you feel like you're just going to die if you end up waiting there. And, to it, turn. and like we should know, too, it's not like a 
90 degree perpendicular intersection. It's like coming at weird angles and mm-hmm. it's just not Well, and many people complain too that, um, you know, coming off of John Nolan, they're maintaining that speed. And then I know that the um, the Marquette Neighborhood Association really felt strongly about this. So so just picture, picture with me. You're on John Nolan. Maybe you got some speed. You got to get quickly to the east side, right? So you are maybe going on just a little too fast through this intersection. So you're all the way in the right turn lane. You pass Law Park, pass by Law Park. And then um, anyway, they call it the channelized right turn lane where you can kind of like fly out there pretty fast. And yeah. people argue, well, people yeah. are swinging all the way over then into the, the left lane on, on Willie Street. And anyway, this is very dangerous. You often need to do because Willie Street it quickly turns into, into basically one a one right, lane right. situation. I mean, so it's it's like a state of nature. Everyone's just trying to figure out what they need to do. There's just a lot happening. Only the fittest survive. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a new game show. Um, so, so one of the city's principal engineers, you know, really did point to that intersection as being one of the most pressing needs for the city to address when talking about, you know, this this whole area. So, after a year of study, um, the consultant, um, in partnership with the city's engineering division, um, you know, released a, a 3.7 million dollar solution to the intersection. Um, so, again, the purpose of this study was to develop short-term solutions that could be reasonably funded with federal transportation dollars within the next five to ten years. Um, that would ultimately create a safer environment. Wow, even that's a little bit out. Five to ten, ten years is a long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I just think, you know, when dealing with these complicated intersections, it does take time to implement yeah. to implement these changes. Even a short-term thing yeah. is like years and years. Right. So, so the favored recommendations, the recommendations that were put forward, would essentially create northbound and southbound left-turn lanes from John Nolan Drive and Blair Street, um, so like dedicated left turn lanes, oh, yep. you would no so longer great. just be hanging out right. in the middle right. of this awful intersection. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and then the other recommendations included um, to expand the green space in front of the Hotel Ruby Ruby Marie, which is on East Wilson Street. And the recommendations would also relocate uh, Machinery Row and Law Park driveways, which I know at community meetings people are always bringing up that issue. Um, and then also expand the bike path on Willie Street to separate cyclists and pedestrians. Um, add a new traffic signal at Blount and Willie Street so that cyclists could cross diagonally. Um, and then also create a raised bicycle track on Blount Street to connect with the Capital City Trail. So those are some of the recommendations. And what are they doing with those? <laughs> yeah, what are they doing? Um uh, Dean Mosman from the Wisconsin State Journal actually wrote about some of the uh, recommendations that are moving forward. So, uh, so the engineering division and the consultant, um, you know, are recommending that these solutions be brought to final design, but they're really suggesting the limited short-term actions, um, you know, kind of first among both the short and long-term options, you know, that were recommended. And so of the short-term ones, they can, you know, move ahead more quickly with, you know, with restriping and adding colored pavement um, and painted crosswalks at Broom Street and John Nolan Drive. So again, when we talk about the John Nolan Drive quarter, we are talking about a larger area, you know, like from Broom Street, you know, down John Nolan to Willie Street. So that larger area. Um, and then also adding like kind of bicycle queuing or like staging space and signs at North Shore and, and John Nolan Drive. So I think they're moving ahead with that first um, and then really still keeping in mind those long term options, you know, kind of for the future. I mean, these two efforts to address what's happening at this hairball intersection and, and Law Park, they have to intersect in various ways. Like, yeah, how do those two things sort of come together? 
So the master planning process for Law Park will follow um, the John Nolan Drive corridor study. So, you know, Law Park, you know, I think of it as it's kind of like tucked tucked in there by the lake, right? And so the parks, you know, the parks division wants to see what the plans are for the road and all of that before moving ahead with whatever they might want to do with the park. So, um, so there were, you know, I think the, you know, it sounds to me like the Law Park um, plans will sort of, I guess, reflect whatever changes come about from the John Nolan Drive corridor study. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of The Mad Planners. As an update, we uh, reached out and heard back from the Nolan Waterfront Project individuals, and they said, quote, the city is leading the project and we are playing a support role, unquote. So we'll just have to watch and see how the master plan for Law Park unfolds. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe and check out some of the other Cap Times podcasts as well, like the political podcast Wedge Issues or the dining podcast Corner Table. And you can always return to the Madsplainers to break down any complicated city issues for you. See you next time. The Madsplainers has been brought to you by the Cap Times Idea Fest. Two days of lively discussion on September 28th and 29th on the University of Wisconsin-Madison campus. You can find tickets at captimesideafest.com.